on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, weekdays from 9 to 11, right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices, certainly in the Southeast, on college football, John Bryce with FootballScoop.com. We have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. The voice of the Blue. Raiders Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into the show. Six minutes past the 10 o'clock hour here on this Thursday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I am Chris Yow, joined as always by Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. We are joined by Mo Patton at the beginning of this hour. We're so excited that he is here. Yeah, I'm not sure always is probably a good idea to use right now. You're always here, whether in spirit or not. All right, we just we just um, talk about your Rolodex and how when you retire, we hope that you bequeath that to us. <laughs> retire? That's that's a funny word. That's a heck of a thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, don't worry. We got we got things to talk about. Um. And a long time to do it. Today, I, I I did want to mention though, Mo. I know we didn't since you weren't involved in that first segment um, <clears throat> or the second one. Well, you were there for the most, there half the second one, I guess. Okay. Uh, we were just talking about how uh, how the, the the snow this is the the biggest snow we've seen in, in quite a while. Can you imagine a a more or longer snow event than what we've had this this week? Outside of maybe a blizzard, um, I cannot. No, I, I really can't. I mean, um, twenty-three, but even that, I mean, it was only two or three days, and then we got some sun and and a little bit of a respite from it. No, I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that has been as as um, disruptive for as long a period of time as this threatens to be because again we're you know it hit sunday night we've not done anything this week um and i don't think we're going to do anything before saturday as far as 
high school athletics or anything like that. So, you know, you were talking because I was on here until about five till nine and we were talking about that Belmont Jacksonville state game tonight that still has not been postponed at the curb event center. Is that still the case? Have you checked on that since we talked? I, I have, I have looked on Belmont's uh, men's basketball Twitter and their last tweet was 13 hours ago, and it was a video of Casey Alexander previewing tonight's game. So I don't know. I I really wanted to go to that game, but I'm not going to go <laughs> in this. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, do I know they have Ubers like Uber XL? Do they have Uber four by four? What is Uber XL? Is that like that's large like, vehicles? The really nice vehicles. That's like you know you you, you get you're getting in like the big the, SUVs. That or or like a nice Lincoln Town Car yeah. or something like that. Like there's, <laughs> but I, I I I need redneck Uber. I need a guy with a with a twelve hundred pound tree trunk in the back of his truck to make sure that the he gets good traction. Yeah. And we're blaring, you know, George Strait all the way there. And a gun rack Wind, hanging there, Wind is right? down. Yeah, gun rack in the back. I'm talking wind is down, talking. Uh, I want to hear Travis Tritt. I smell T-R-O-U-B-L-E mm. and all the Country way there. Club. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. I mean, Blair, Red wind is Uber. You, you might be on to something. <laughs> there you go. To be honest, yeah. especially around here. <laughs> Redneck Uber would be great. You might want to slap a copyright on that one. Too bad, quick. <laughs> Trademark. Mm-hmm. Oh, Just leave man. it to a boy from Alabama to come up with that, right? There you go. Hey, country boys can't survive, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh man, let's let's talk some sports. What do you say? Uh, last night, I Tennessee, thought we were. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it, it could be a sport. I don't know. Um, last night, Tennessee and South Carolina men played, and it was a big night for a couple of players. Victor Bailey, who was 70% from long range last night, had 29 in a 93-73 win over the Gamecocks. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, 70% from beyond the three-point line is a solid start. (laughs) That's, that's, That's pretty good. That's a pretty good night, Mr. Bailey. Good job. And this is a South Carolina team who has played up and down. They're five and ten on the year, but did they beat? Was it Florida at Florida? Pretty sure they beat Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. we watched. Yeah, that we, game. yeah, we did on a Wednesday on a Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. And it just you know it, it's interesting because it was a big night for not just. Um, Victor Bailey, but John Fulkerson had had 19. Um, Jaden Springer had another 16. Ponds had 10. It was just one of those nights where everything came together for Tennessee, and it really felt like, you know, if they can find that consistently, they're going to be real hard to beat. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think this is what you saw last night is kind of what has been expected from this UT team on a night-to-night basis. And I think that's what Rick Barnes has been looking for out of this team. And and they've not – these nights have been 
fewer and farther between than he would have anticipated coming into this year. But maybe they're starting to come into themselves and, and click on a more consistent basis. I, I really think it goes back to that Kansas game to some degree. Even though they've been a little up and down since then, I don't think they've been as up and down. And I think the ups have been more since then. So well, it, even the loss to Ole Miss, right now Ole Miss is playing as good as anybody in the, mm-hmm. in the conference. So it's it's almost yeah. like you can kind of you can kind of forgive that loss a little bit. So you don't feel as bad about that loss now as you did then, right? <laughs> and and you and I were talking about Fulkerson and and why he's been so different this season. I, and I mentioned that maybe you know he's not playing as aggressive as he did last year because he doesn't think he has to with the addition of Springer and Ponds and and all of uh, all of the other added bonuses he has on the team. And that's one thing, you know, Rick Barnes said, we need, he talking about Ponds and Fulgerson, we need them both to be aggressive, not just on offense, but on defense too. Uh, You know, I think allowing them to be aggressive and telling them they do need to be aggressive will make a big difference for this team because when John Fulkerson plays at his top level, at his most aggressive level, he's he's really a matchup problem in this conference. He and Pons both. I think Pons is really the he's the catalyst problem. I mean as much as as much as everybody talks about Springer needing to be on the floor, I think Pons is a difference maker. I, I think he's a He's just that guy, just when you talk about matchup problems, when you talk about physicality, athleticism, the whole thing, and him being able to step away and shoot that left-handed three in addition to everything else he does, he's the stir that stirs, the straw that stirs that drink, I think. Oh, I don't think there's any question that Pons is – he is such a force on the inside – that as far as a matchup goes, that it's almost, you know, impossible for him to not be on the floor and making a difference because he is he's just such a matchup problem. And when they didn't have Ponds, they didn't have Springer, this team was bad. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that just that just goes to show how important both of these players are and Luckily, as much as as you don't want to put that on a freshman, that's kind of where Springer is. And we still not mentioned Keon Johnson. You know, and and Johnson really didn't, I mean, he didn't really contribute a whole lot last night, but it's just, it's almost like this team has so many options. It's, It's much like we talk about with Summertown, how, they can score with four, five, six different players on at any point on the floor. I mean, Pons can shoot it. Fulgerson can shoot it. They can both play inside. You've got Springer who can score from anywhere on the floor. It's just it's so hard to defend mm-hmm. this team because you don't know who's going to be that guy that night. And I think part of that is in that UT doesn't know who's going to be that guy that night. It takes them a little bit of time to figure out. And if they don't, if they don't get into a big hole – then 
they're usually all right, even if they do get into a big hole sometimes. So they can they can climb out of it. So when they're yeah. playing like they played last night, they're fun to watch. Absolutely, just like against Kansas, uh, it was those were two fun games to watch. Um, it, Tennessee continuing to improve on the year, and I expect that during the tournament the SEC tournament is going to be even more fun as they uh, play down on Broadway. So, Got an interesting matchup Saturday, though. They do host Kentucky on Saturday. And, I, again, it's interesting because we don't even know, you know, Kentucky's just not been very good. So, But it's all, it's still Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that mental aspect is, is always an X factor. So, And, and Kentucky led at Rupp by 10 when UT went up there before. Not long they, ago. Yeah. So Kentucky coming off of a four-point win last night over Vanderbilt where Vandy really pushed them. I mean, it was a one-point game late, I think. Yeah, it, it was. Um, last night, Vanderbilt fell to Kentucky 82-78. Um uh, but with 26 seconds left, it was a one-point game thanks to Scotty Pippen Jr. and Dylan Disu, who had um, who had 11 in an 11-5 run, uh, had a chance to to tie the game uh, with 56 seconds to go. Had a big charge call, which we'll just say was interesting. Um, Gave Vanderbilt the basketball with 56 seconds to go, down by two, and they were unable to convert. Uh, Kentucky blew a 17-point lead, which is clearly something that they're they're doing these days. Yeah, uh, apparently it is. Um, meanwhile, I think if you're Vandy, you're wondering, what if we get anything, literally anything, out of Scottie Pippen Jr. in the first half? I think he had 0.0 assists. Five turnovers. All 21 of his points were in the second half in an eventual four-point loss. Yeah, I mean. And that's not to cast any aspersions. That's just, I mean, that's just a natural what if to draw there, I think, when when you wind up losing to a not very good by Kentucky standards Kentucky team by four. And you're coming off of – what, your first road win of the year down at Mississippi State? would have been nice for Vanderbilt to have been able to, you know, build some momentum. And regardless of what level of Kentucky team that is, as you just said a a second ago, it's still Kentucky. And you value wins over them regardless. Especially when you can get them, you know, when you you should be getting them. Mm -hmm. I say should. I mean, Vanderbilt 2-9 and in conference play and Kentucky 6-7. and But, I mean, this is just the second time that Kentucky's won back-to-back games this year. Wow. I mean, that's insane to me. It is. It is. Uh, And and you don't just mean in-conference play. You mean period, right? Period. Period, yeah. They've not won back-to-back games but twice this season, including uh, this win and uh, last week. That's so. Yeah. uh, That's tough. That's tough. Now, Vanderbilt is getting better. They are certainly improving under Jerry Stackhouse uh, currently. 
Of course, they only had one way to go other than sideways. Um, but six and 11, two and nine. At least they're going that way, though. They're going up. They're going up. They're not going sideways, which is a positive. So let's, you know, let's go. Let's just look at it from a big picture standpoint. We didn't think Vanderbilt was going to come in and even be four points away from Kentucky, no matter how good Kentucky was. So, you know, you, you have to you have to kind of look at the big picture here, and Vanderbilt is certainly getting better. Yeah, and that's nice to see, I think. I mean, for an athletic program that has long hung its hat on its basketball, you know, to, to see them inching – in the right direction is a good thing for, for their supporters. Right, JP? Yes. Uh, very <laughs> positive. Yeah. Big picture. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, equate it at least the feeling of it. If, you know, if it's taken a slow grind in the right direction, I think that is a positive sign because we thought with Bryce drew, with the types of players that he got in and and who knows what would have happened if they had all stayed healthy because obviously those are game changers but uh it didn't and things fell apart and it it was it apparently he was you know it was all in on those couple of five star recruits and completely neglected essentially the rest of the program and we see how far uh they had dropped it was a Gradual progression in the wrong direction with Kevin Stallings. And then uh, Bryce Drew went all in, um, gambled, pushed all his chips in, and it didn't work out. And so we're left with this you know, rebuilding process. Steady, um, a steady guy from and, that. And, so. and lose him before conference play. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was rough. But uh, but I, I like the steadiness and calmness of Stackhouse. Uh, I like his outside of the box thinking to a degree, which I think uh, you know we talked about in football uh, for Vanderbilt. Uh, they need that a little bit. Um, you know, it's um, he's still dealing with some of Bryce Drew's recruits and slowly working in his, and and we'll see what kind of program he's going to be able to build. Uh, I I still have faith. They are getting better. Uh, to, to your point, yes, they are getting better. They were not competitive last year. And certainly the last year, Bryce Drew at all when they went through that drought, um, there were games where they just weren't competitive. That they're they're getting better. They are getting better, and that's I guess that's all you can hope for. That's all you can ask for. It's yeah. just get better. Speaking of getting better, we hope the Preds get better, <laughs> and we'll talk about them on the other side of a break as they get ready to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, which could be. Exactly what the doctor ordered as they've already swept the Blue Jackets once this year. So we'll see how they do on the road. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. 
Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back into the show southern middle tennessee sports today i'm chris Yao, joined by mo Patton, jp plant as we are preparing to sit at home the rest of the day and hopefully about six o'clock tonight we'll be watching the predators and columbus blue jackets on Fox Tennessee, listening to Pete Weber, who was on our show yesterday. So if you missed that, you definitely want to go back and check it out. You have uh, two options to do that. You can check out Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, SM-TN Sports Today on wherever you get your podcasts, or you can just look up the special guest podcast. Either of those are available to you. Those are on our website, SM-TNSports.com. Just scroll down on the right-hand side. You'll see... A uh, place where you can just play those directly from our website. We'd love for you guys to do that. I think it's uh, it's pretty cool that we were able to get Pete on the show. Thanks to uh, both Mo and JP's ability to do that. I had nothing to do with it. I just got lucky and got to talk to the guy. Um, Pete's a great dude, man. I um, it's funny before. There was even a thought of the Preds. Pete was doing um, play-by-play for the Buffalo Bisons of the American Association, and they and the Sounds were in the same class AAA league, and I was covering the Sounds quite extensively. And so you got to know a lot of the visiting play-by-play guys and that kind of thing, and Pete was just – you could he was just a class act, man. You could tell that – you know, he, he wasn't your typical triple-A radio guy. I mean, this was a major league guy doing triple-A baseball, basically. And and I was really glad to see him get the Predators gig when he got it because I knew who he was. A lot of people didn't. But um, he's been great for that franchise. Um, you know, as much as any player, kind of been the face of that franchise, I think. So um, he's been fantastic. And glad I know him. Yeah, definitely go check that that interview out before the game tonight. Uh, tonight, again, 6 p.m. Fox, Tennessee. You can watch the game. Uh, it will be – I think this is kind of a, a point in the season where Nashville has an opportunity to kind of turn things around. You know, currently got 12 points uh, to the Blue Jackets, 18. And – it feels like this is kind of a 
a must-win series, at least a split mm. year. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a 56-game season, they are 6-9 and nine at this point. And, again, as we talked to Pete yesterday with the trade deadline coming up, they've got to – David Poyle's got to um, figure out whether – the Predators are going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline, and I don't think standing pat is really going to be an option for this team at the deadline. And so he, he needs, you know, somebody to step up and say, you know, we're, we're in it or, or you know, we're, we're not, and we've got to start looking in another direction. And so I think ideally for Preds fans – it would be the former, you know, that we're we're going to make some sort of a push to make some noise in the postseason, but they got to play better, more consistently than they have to this point. Well, here's the here's the good thing: the rest of this month, you're talking about two. You got four games against Columbus. You've got two on the road uh, tonight and on Saturday. Then you go to Detroit for a pair, and then you come back home for Columbus again. These are that's six games that you you should win. I mean mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, I'm not saying they need to go 6 and 0, but 4 and 2 would be certainly a, a big step in the right direction. And and that's the thing. I think 4 and 2, which means you've got to sweep somebody. Cuz I don't think 3 and 3 I don't think treading water through that stretch really proves a whole lot. It doesn't I, get I think you you've got to make up a little bit of ground in terms of getting toward 500. So, this, like you said, this this is the time, this is the point in the schedule where that making up some ground it looks doable. Yeah, and the Predators have not been great on the road. One and five on the year. Uh, Blue Jackets are four, two, and three at home. Uh, both teams are on a uh, – I guess they've lost their last time out. Columbus lost has lost in their last two. Uh, Nashville lost their last game. Goals per game. Predators are 29th in the NHL. Goals against per game, they're 25th. They're tied with Columbus at 3.47 per game. It's amazing. And, and both of these teams are terrible on both the power play and the penalty kill. Uh Nashville ranks 23rd in the NHL on the power play. Columbus ranks 22nd on the penalty kill. Nashville is 30th, and Columbus is 28th. So, Nashville's power play woes are nothing new. Yeah, this is <laughs> this just comes along with being Nashville. Apparently. At this point, it really does. I mean, we we've we've made jokes about it, but there have been jokes made about it for the last. Three years, it feels like. Can just put a put your guy back out here. We don't we don't want the power play. We'll just play you even strength, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's amazing that you can be that bad when you've got that kind of advantage. But they have been. Well, the last time the Preds lost at Nationwide Arena was November twentieth, twenty fifteen. They're Six three and one in their last ten, three one and one in their last five, and against the Blue Jackets, they have just been dominant. Eight one and one in the last ten matchups, uh, including 
three consecutive victories. This is just a team that the Preds seem to have their number. You know, but as you reel off all those numbers, all of that just points to a colossal letdown tonight. (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) It just feels like, well... All of these things, and it just feels like there's there's no way we're we're going to be anywhere but uh, on the losing end of this one. Hopefully, it'll yeah. be, even if that's the case, you know the Preds have not had an overtime loss this year. They're they're the only team in the uh, Central Division without an overtime loss. Hmm. So, so get to overtime and get your point. Get well. I mean, if if we get to overtime, you're going to win it. We're going to win. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so the only the unfortunate part about that is Columbus also gets a point. We need them to not get points. We need to win in regulation. <laughs> Keep them from getting points. That is that is really the point here. That's oh, I didn't tell you guys. Um, went to TJ Maxx the other day and. Uh, Picked up Sarah a um a Preds jersey that was on uh, sweater uh whatever <laughs> um Mo I thought he was a fan of hockey. I did too I did too yeah well this is this is pro- probably I mean I I know he's uh, from Alabama and it's tough to take the Alabama out of the boy but come on mm-hmm. sweater Sounds, yeah, yeah it's a sweater. It is, I get it, but not everybody <laughs> anyway. will know that. Not everybody will know that. But anyway, picked up a. Uh, I bet PK Sarah Subban, knows it. <laughs> uh, a PK Subban sweater. Mm, nice, and it was fifteen bucks. So that was kind of cool. I'm surprised it was that much. <laughs> well, it's been what two years now since he he played for the Preds. Yeah. So, but it was. I, I was like, hey, that's a good deal. Take that. that is a good deal. That's pretty cool. And I miss PK, man. Dude was – he was the only defender we had that ever played defense. <laughs> and the, the cool thing was he also played offense. Which helps. Oh, man. We, we talked about this early in the – you know, right before the NHL season started. Does anybody remember who the sponsor of the Central Division is? <laughs> I do not. I, I remember they have one, but I don't remember who it is. I do because I just built a graphic for it. Discover. Did you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah, if discover. you watch it on Facebook. Yep. Uh, discover. So I, I, the reason I ask is because I'm – guys, I'm not this prepared, okay? This is not something – I didn't go do a bunch of research. I went to the, the Preds <laughs> uh, press – media guide for this game that's that's where i found all this information that i'm giving you guys it, it's readily available anywhere it's not like i'm some some guy with a bunch of knowledge the reason i asked that though is because the the sponsors aren't in the preds press packet for this like they don't have the sponsor names and i thought that was interesting because i was i was sitting here thinking i was like didn't they have sponsors for this so guess they I, I guess they do but they the they don't i don't know anyway i just thought that was funny um but yeah so big game tonight i think i think this series you, you need to split this one you need to sweep at least one of the next three series go four and two and if they can do that i mean 
you're looking at potentially getting into the top five uh, because Columbus and Dallas are sitting ahead of you right now. Uh, Columbus seven and six on the year, Dallas five and three, uh, or seven, six and four, five, three and four. Four overtime losses each for Columbus and Dallas. That's wild. Chicago too. Uh, but this is this is just a, this is a big month. Rest of the month for the Preds. I want to interrupt your Preds conversation for just a second because I just received a text from friend of the show, Chip Walters. There is a release on the GoBlueRaiders.com website. Mike Caldwell, a standout linebacker at MTSU and an assistant coach for the Super Bowl 55 champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is a 2021 inductee of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Caldwell was surprised Thursday by the voice of MTSU Athletics, Chip Walters, and Brad Willis, executive director of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, and goes on to explain why Mike Caldwell is being recognized. Quote from Brad Willis, we are excited to announce the first of 11 inductees into the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. We are proud of this Tennessee native who has gone on to achieve great things. Mike Caldwell's story is one that is proof of hard work and dedication, and we are thrilled to have him as part of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame class of 2021. So, Oak Ridge. Yes, sir. Wildcat, brother of former UT women's basketball standout, Nikki Caldwell as well. I think she – Nikki may already be in. I'm not sure. But um, Mike was drafted in the third round of the 93 NFL draft, played 11 seasons with the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, Arizona Cardinals, Philadelphia Eagles, Chicago Bears, and Carolina Panthers. Began his coaching career in 08 with the Eagles. Went on to coach with the Cardinals and the Jets. Joined the Bucks in 2019 as their inside linebackers coach. So, congratulations. He, hmm? he played with um, he played with both the Browns and Ravens, but the same franchise. I would have. <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure if that was the Browns slash Ravens or if that's Browns comma Ravens. <laughs> I think a, it's. I, I think it's Browns slash Ravens. I think. I, I think you may be right. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm I'm curious how many of those players I I would love to talk to him about that about playing hmm. for the same franchise in two different cities and how that all went down I I would love to hear that story anyway we might have to get him on if if possible um yeah congratulations that's awesome breaking news breaking news and 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 the uh, the remaining Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame class will be announced throughout the next uh, couple of weeks it says which is awesome uh hopefully we'll be able to talk to brad willis at some point after they get their entire class yeah yeah um oak ridge native caldwell's career at mtsu included 52 games played from 1989 to 1992 collected 248 career tackles all ovc and all american honors as a senior he's also a starter in the blue gray all-star game what this does not say is that Mike Caldwell also played basketball briefly at MTSU hmm. um, following one of the infamous brawls with Tennessee Tech where there were numerous 
suspensions handed out, um, Mike stepped in to help bolster the roster, <laughs> along with along with another former um, MTSU football and NFL player, Kenny Tippins. See, those are the stories that we need to hear. I want to hear about these brawls. That's 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 one of them's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to go find that. Oh man! All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some baseball. Spring training is getting ready to kick off, and some big news out of Toronto, kind of out of Toronto, uh, <laughs> Toronto, <laughs> Florida. Uh, <laughs> we'll tell you what that is. And then, of course, uh, we'll talk about Fernando Tatis's monster deal and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show as we count down this Thursday edition. Just about 13 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour here, and we are glad to be with you on this Thursday edition as the week is counting down. We're almost there. Difference is that we I don't feel like we've as long as this week has felt <laughs> I don't feel like we've done a whole lot because we haven't been able to cover any games and it's it's so sad and so depressing when we're not able to get out and watch high school sports. So hopefully Saturday things will change. I'm curious I, I get a feeling we're gonna get to make up for it. Though. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm just curious to see uh what schedule you come up with. That's that's what I'm pumped up about. Because I guess we got to – I mean, you can't make the schedule till the day of, right? Basically. who's going to win. So we're, we're going to have to be flexible. Yeah. Um, before we get into the baseball stuff, I wanted to, to throw out something real quick to you guys because I thought this was hilarious. I just saw this on – from Eric Edholm, who covers the NFL draft for Yahoo Sports. He just tweeted – I don't know. Maybe oh, that was yesterday, I guess. <clears throat> One former NFL coach says Trevor Lawrence is not his favorite quarterback prospect in the 2021 draft. In fact, he has him as QB3. <laughs> okay, behind behind Fields and, and Zach Wilson? No. His QB1? Mac Jones. Now, would you like to guess who that former NFL head coach is? 
No, uh, I, I got no clue. June Jones. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was wild, man. Um, Lawrence, three behind Mac Jones. I, I don't know because it wouldn't let me click on the story. Uh, oh, wow. So we don't, but one of the two is Mac Jones, and we don't know, know in Mac what order. Mac is oh, he's got one. Mac as his number one, but we don't Mac know who his number two is. Yeah, I, I don't know who his number two is. I don't think it matters. <laughs> that's wild to me i mean i can see trevor lawrence not being your number one i don't see him being your number three well i you know a, a lot of people i just thought that was an interesting that mac jones was in the top three i think mac jones is a great pro prospect i think mm-hmm. he's going to be a surprise he's going to be a great third fourth round pick for somebody and when when he does get chosen, it's going to be a, a pleasant surprise for somebody. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's that. Speaking of breaking news, Adam Schefter just reported that Philadelphia has agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. So this is a positive for 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 Titans fans, right? I, I think it is. He's got to be a backup. He's got to be a backup, right? Brissett's the guy. If Carson Wentz is the other guy, but you know what though, I I, I follow Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star, mm-hmm. and he the tide seems to have turned on Jacoby Brissett at some point, and I don't know when it was, and I don't know why it was, but suddenly he has become less looked upon as an NFL starter, and, you know, I don't I don't know what changed. I, I thought when he played, he played pretty well. You know, that one year when Luck stepped out in the middle of the preseason, you know, but, but – Suddenly, he he seems to not be a very viable candidate as a starter. So I don't I don't know if they trade it for Wentz. According to other people, I I think he's a I think he'd be a great starter. I think he was a great starter. I think he was a great starter, and I don't know what changed. But you know, I, I did not see sixteen Indianapolis Colts games when he played or or since then. But because I I didn't I didn't really understand why they felt the need to get Rivers, but. You know, um, and especially now because, you know, maybe you stunted Brissett's growth by a year by bringing Rivers in there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I understand Rivers to a point. I mean, there was a certain level of, of expertise that he, that he brought and, and leadership mentality that he brought that he could maybe pass on to Brissett. Maybe there were certain things that, that Jacoby were, was missing that they felt like Philip Rivers could teach him. Uh, maybe not necessarily physically, but in other parts of the game, right? So I, well, I don't I'll know. be I'll be interested to know, I'll be interested to know what Wentz can teach him. Uh, absolutely, especially nothing. since Brissett's been in the league longer. I think Wentz is a backup. I really do. I they bet got Wentz him. Doesn't know that they got. Well, I mean, he's not going to go in thinking that. But they got him for a third round pick and a conditional twenty twenty two second round pick. That doesn't seem that doesn't sound like starting quarterback to me. Anyway, um, that's interesting. I, I just I, I didn't I didn't mean to get off on a football tangent, but no, you're fine. Slash 
slash everything else. What's funny, though, is that there's another North Dakota State quarterback who is considered by some draft analysts to be one of the top QBs available in this draft, a kid named Trey Lance, who I only heard of about a week ago and had to look up. But um, next Brandon Whedon. Hmm? Next Brandon Whedon. Thing? No, I, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I don't love Oklahoma State quarterbacks. North Dakota State. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no, this kid. No, that kid's great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> no, um, that kid was. I mean, he's different than Wentz. I think. Uh, you know, hopefully, I saw a I saw a um, a game day story on him mm-hmm. uh, when they were when they were at North Dakota State or right. North, I, I don't remember, but it was a really good story and his. His physical ability is completely different from, uh, Car- from Carson Wentz, and uh, I think he is going to be a very viable NFL quarterback. If not, if not a starter, a definite good backup, hmm. okay. a guy that you can that you can lean on when necessary. So, all right, I like the kid, um, but you know me, I like FCS kids. Mm-hmm. Oh. Real quick, let's let's talk about what we said we would talk about. All right. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays will play the first two homestands at least at their spring training facility in um, Dundon, Florida. So, I guess this is, and this is all because of con- Canadian restrictions uh, with the, the pandemic related mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, they're not going to allow U.S. folks to come into Canada, which. Uh, can't really blame them, I guess. <laughs> um, but they do hope to return to play at the Rogers Center as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, that was a problem for them last year. I mean, they, they were nomads um, throughout the 20 season, weren't they? I don't remember where they played, but I don't think – I'm pretty positive they did not play in Toronto. Well, they also did not play at their home ballpark in Florida – but, I mean, I don't think this is a bad idea. They, it only seats about 8,500 people, and they say they're going to allow fans up to 15%. Now, the problem is that they're, those two homestands are against the Yankees and the Dodgers. <laughs> that is tough, especially with the number of Yankee fans that there are in Florida. Right. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be a tough ticket. All of a sudden. I'm sorry, not the Dodgers, the Angels. They're, yeah, American League, sorry. Even still, the Angels with Mike Trout, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it could be um, It could be interesting. I, I think that it's a, you know, it's a positive move for the Blue Jays to have a home stadium that they can play. And I, I don't remember where they played last year. I want to say I don't either. in like Baltimore or something. I don't know. Um it wasn't it wasn't in Toronto. No, it was not. No. That's not the only baseball news that we saw yesterday or last night. Yeah, no. Uh this news makes me so happy to know that the Atlanta Braves have both Ronald Acuna Jr. <clears throat> and Ozzy Albies for the next nine to ten years 
for about half this price. Mm-hmm. As Fernando Tatis uh, got a 14-year deal um, worth over $300 million. What, 340 Yeah, $340 million over 14 years. Is this the next Bobby Baldino? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously really that, a- that length of time kind of – kind of makes you think along those lines but i mean i mean Bonilla, it's not because bonilla will still be getting paid after fernando tatis's deal ends <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> um i mean they they bonilla wasn't 21 when he signed that contract either so i mean i think there's a better chance of tatis continuing to be productive through the for the length of that contract than there was at that Bonilla would. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Tatis has just, he, he's taken this league by storm. I think he is one of the guys that, that you can look at and go, him along with, along with, um, Acuna and, maybe, I mean, there are some other guys out there who are, who are really playing the game at a fun level mm-hmm. that people recognize their their face, they recognize who they are, and I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, outside of being bulky, Mike Trout just looks like any other white guy in L.A. <laughs> but, but these two guys, I mean, when you see their face, you see their smile, it's completely different, so... I think they are the the future faces of the league. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. You and me both. You and me both. So there you go. The Blue Jays will play in Florida. Tatis will play in San Diego for the next 14 years and get paid boatloads of money. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow, 9 o'clock on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. If you missed any part of today's show, check it out on the on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. On Facebook Live, you can go back and watch it as well if you want to do that. So plenty of great stuff to get back to. We'll be back tomorrow with um, a lot of fun. We'll talk about the Nashville Sounds as well. So uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. For Chris, uh, for Maurice Patton and JB Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying, "Stay warm, Columbia." <laughs>